Hey you guys, Kokomoko here, and this is going to be a very niche episode. I usually do topics on rising trends, pop culture news, but this one is going to be a deep dive into my favorite show of all time, Vanderpump Rules. If you've known me for years, you know that this is like my show. I genuinely feel like it is a show for intellectuals. It is a social dynamic study. I mean, there's just something about this show that's so fascinating. I'm going to dive into all of that. But with that being said, if you are a new listener, thank you so much for listening. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Say hello. Um, and if you're if you've been around, if you don't even know anything about Vanderpump Rules, but you're just listening because you're a ride or die, I love you. I promise I will give you enough context to understand what's happening. And if not that, at the very end, I am going to do a deep dive into the cast's zodiac signs and what I think that means because I just feel like it's so fascinating and telling. And I made a TikTok about it that you guys really loved. So I feel like I owe it to my podcast to dive deeper even here. So that's what exactly what we're going to do. So with all of that being said, let's go ahead and roll the intro and I'll see you on the other side. All right, you guys, I've got my hydro flask. I've got my hamster microphone. I've got my Google Doc open with all of my notes from the episode and we're about to dive all the way in um i'm i am a quantity over quality girl when it comes to talking i can talk i love talking i am a gemini moon i love chatting the fact that i'm kind of speechless right now says a lot i i have notes in front of me and this episode was so it's unlike anything we'd ever seen on reality tv and i genuinely mean that i feel like uh, we're just gonna dive in Uh, we're just gonna dive in this is it's a lot and if you want to like add any comments or anything then you can go to my tiktok i made a few tiktoks about it that there's some really great discussions happening especially the one where I was talking about the cast zodiac signs. That's a fun one to dive into if you need to get anything off of your chest. Um, Or like Instagram comments, just come say hi. But I love talking about this stuff with you guys. And I love hearing anytime I read a comment or get a DM, you guys bring up something that I didn't even think about and it opens my eyes in a whole new way. So for that, thank you. This is a group chat, not a performance. We are all on the same level chatting with one another. That's how I want this to be. So anyways, I'm I'm rambling now. I need to dive in. Okay, so we're going to go over the entire finale episode and then I'm going to talk about their zodiac signs at the end. Scene by scene. All right, so the introduction, which I don't know if this scene was in there on accident, But there was a moment where Allie and James Kennedy are, like, in their kitchen smiling, and then it, like, rough cuts to Ariana in her house. There's, like, one transitional scene. I don't know if that was meant to add contrast or... I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay, they're starting with James and um, Allie, and then it, like, jumps to Ariana on the couch. 
I don't know if she was talking to a producer, but she was kind of seeking comfort from someone in the room who then left when Tom arrived, who I, I assumed to be a producer, which these producers, I don't know how they do it, but like maybe it's because they have been filming with this cast for over 10 years, so there's a level of trust there, but the fact that they were able to just pick up shop months after they finished the season and film in Tom and Ariana's house when the news broke is so crazy to me. I feel like these things take weeks to even get like permits for and stuff, but they must just have such a close relationship with the cast that they were like, be there at 8 a.m., let's hit the road filming. So I, I really commend the producers on this. Now, in my notes, it literally says, how the hell did producers pull this off? Housewives would never give you this proximity to them, even in crisis. Um, one thing to know, I don't know if Tom was drinking alcohol, but this cast loves drinking. And no hate to anyone. I don't judge drinking. I went to San Diego State. Like, I've drunk a whole liquor cabinet in one night. I've been there. I don't drink anymore. But this cast loves to drink and I always feel like this is the trend predictor in me coming out. I feel like in a couple years there's going to be some sort of movement about like overconsumption of alcohol in reality TV and maybe reality stars are going to start speaking out and being like, I was just drinking so much, like there's no way I could have consented to being filmed in that state. But I don't know, I just, Vanderpump Rules is one of those shows, especially earlier seasons where there's just no way this cast was sober, like, at any given moment, and I find that to be concerning, um, from, like, a production standpoint, but anyways, they're grown adults, I know they, like, make their own decisions, um, okay, one thing that really stood out to me is, and I made a TikTok about this, but the dog in this scene is sitting on the couch with Ariana, and I'm guessing this is a dog who's lived with Tom Sandoval its entire life because they live together, and the dog is comforting Ariana the entire scene and never moves from her side, is looking up at her, making eye contact with her when the camera is showing the dog, and it never gets off the couch to go say hello to Sandoval from what we saw when he's, like, in the kitchen and enters the house. I thought that was really, really interesting. I feel like dogs just know more than we realize. I don't know if you've ever gone through a breakup or something hard and... It just feels like your dog spends more time with you, is closer to you. Like, they just know that you need extra support. And that was the vibe I was getting from this scene. And it was really heartbreaking but sweet to see that kind of dynamic. Um, okay, now another thing is I thought it was really interesting that Tom Sandoval refused to clearly apologize to Ariana in this scene. But every other scene that he's in in this episode, he's almost over-apologetic to everyone else. I don't know why that is. Um, he also referred to Ariana as dude a couple times, which was really odd. I could be wrong and I could be starting a rumor, so I'm sorry if I am, but I almost feel like in any scene I've seen with him and Schwartz, he never refers to other men or Schwartz as like dude, unless it's someone like James Kennedy who he's like trying to knock down a peg, and I almost feel like him saying dude to Ariana was a way to try and, like, solidify that this conversation was casual and kind of take away her closure or, again, I don't think he's this intelligent. I think it was all subconscious, but I couldn't imagine talking to someone I was practically married to, had a home with, lived with, romantic partner, 
for almost 10 years and we're breaking up. I'm processing all of these emotions and they're like, dude, dude, dude. I'd be like, wait, what? Like my boyfriend and I will sometimes say like dude or bro and then we'll always correct it and be like, we're not referring to you as dude. Like you are more than a dude to me. I'm just saying dude in the context of this sentence. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, another thing is he, she, Ariana truly was a ride or die for Tom. Like she defended him against Miami girl. I haven't seen watch what happens live yet, but they insinuate that Ariana addresses the Miami girl rumors. It kind of sounded like I always thought with Miami girl, which for anyone listening who isn't all caught up on this in season three, I believe it was Tom Sandoval allegedly cheated on Ariana with a girl in Miami. So this girl flew out to confront them at the restaurant and Ariana was like super defending Tom Sandoval against this girl making the accusations almost to the extent where it felt like they had talked about it. He confessed it to her and then they made a decision to move forward publicly in a united front, which is admirable until Tom Sandoval weaponizes that united front to go against her back, which obviously we've seen that play out as well. Um, I do want to say that Ariana is so emotionally mature. It's actually like so wild to see. Even when she was talking to Lisa Vanderpump and was like, I'm leaning into my anger because it helps me not like just dry heave cry. I thought that was really emotionally aware. I think that people would lean into anger and not understand why they're angry and like act out in unhealthy ways. But the fact that she understood she was channeling it in a healthy way was really interesting to hear. I can only imagine the millions of women going through breakups probably as we speak right now and are like becoming better from it because of how they're seeing Ariana handle herself with grace. Um... And then, like, Tom Sandoval was just acting like he needed Ariana to sign a permission slip in order for them to break up. It was so weird. He was like, I tried to break up with you as if it's, like, they were legally binded in this relationship, which they weren't. They never got married. He could pack up and leave at any time, but never did. I personally have a theory after seeing this whole episode that, like, It almost seems like Tom Sandoval, to me, saw Ariana as a bank account. Like, I think that he saw her even more as a business partner than he saw Tom Schwartz, who was his actual business partner. I think that after he did the fancy AF cocktail book with Ariana, he understood how popular she was, how monetizable she was and aligned with her because her popularity rubbed off on him. There's this thing called the halo effect, I believe it is, where if you don't like someone, like they're like a villain or whatever to you, but if they're like best friends or spend time with someone that you really look up to or admire, you're more likely to start to see them in a positive light and have that perception shift, even though they haven't done anything differently but because you associate them with the person that you enjoy. You're almost blinded by their best friend's halo that they can kind of hide behind them. And I think Tom Sandoval did that with Ariana. I think he saw how popular she was and stayed in the relationship because of that. Um, Another thing was Ariana saying, any last words before we speak, before we never speak again. It was so brutal in like the best way, in a beautiful way. I think that people don't, always realize until you are in the midst of a breakup that like 
it truly is like you're mourning a person even though they haven't died they died in your life and you're never gonna see them again and it's so jarring to like be sitting across from them and knowing that they're about to leave and you'll never talk again it's really so sad um okay another thing I wrote here is like side note I also feel like Katie was a victim in this season and people forget about that everyone was so cool with her ex-husband of 12 years possibly having a new fling with one of her friends and I feel like everyone was trying to make Katie feel like that wasn't a big deal but in a way Katie was being scapegoated this season and I don't know I think that she is going through a lot of pain too but no one is ever really like acknowledging it and I just really hope that Katie has the same shine that Ariana is having right now and I know it wasn't like she was cheated on during the relationship like what happened with Ariana was so shocking but I don't know I think Katie went through a lot but people never really acknowledge that because of Tom Schwartz playing dumb which oh my god I could I'm gonna go into him in the Zodiac thing but I don't like Tom Schwartz if you could tell um I also think Ariana and Katie both as much as I would be sad because it would mean the end of VPR I feel like Katie and Ariana should leave reality TV because they I feel like will flourish so much more I think they'll attract healthier partners that aren't on TV aren't famous and I really hope that that happens for them soon all right the next scene is the toxic Tom's meeting at Schwartz's apartment Tom Sandoval cries more and apologizes more in the first 30 seconds of walking into Schwartz's apartment than he did to Ariana in their entire scene which was so crazy it, like Tom Sandoval was very cold to Ariana but I just think it shows that he respects and loves Schwartz more than he did Ariana or truly any girlfriend that has been in his life on the duration of the show. Um, Sandoval saying, I got a vibe she didn't want to know is so crazy. That is such a, that's like gaslighting I've never even heard that's more than gaslighting. I don't know if there's a clinical term for anything that's more manipulative than that, but that one made me laugh because you can tell in that moment, Sandoval and Schwartz are like trying to manipulate the situation so that they seem like the victims, but nope. I don't even think at any point in that conversation that they showed, Schwartz asked how Ariana is or like I don't know they just obviously didn't care they were talking about their Yelp reviews boohoo um also short sitting on the kitchen floor Trisha Paytas style he wasn't in the actual kitchen he was kind of in like the foyer between the kitchen and front room but I just thought it was so funny like him sitting on the floor trying to have a conversation and it was a little bit and again my whole thing is I overanalyze these things so this is me overanalyzing um Schwartz sitting on the floor and then Sandoval standing above him almost like Schwartz was pleading for Sandoval to like fix things and I just felt like it was very symbolic of their friendship where Sandoval always kind of towered over Schwartz but Schwartz also benefited from that because Sandoval took the hits when things went wrong but now it's just like 
it was also their demise. Um, and I also wanted to add that in a patriarchal world, in a misogynistic world, I think Schwartz and Sandoval are a great example of this, but that, and women, you have to look out for this when you're dating, if you're straight and you're dating men, but men, some, some men, not all, will revere their male friendships higher and more intimately than even their own romantic partner. Like, they see women as these bodies and vessels for the sexual gratification in their life, but their actual intimate emotional relationships exist within their friendships with other men because they don't see women as being on the same level as them to hold those emotions and hopes and dreams and secrets. And I feel like this Tom and Tom friendship is the perfect example of that. Even when you see how Schwartz looked down and spoke down to Katie in a way that he would never, ever do to Sandoval. I think it's just some men are have misogyny whether they realize it or not sorry i need to cough (coughs) my god this finale made me sick it was like so jarring um but men really do like their intimate partners besides sexually are their friends and they will have their friends back before they'll have their partner of 10 years back so you just have to be careful you have to watch out for men like that now They go back to Ariana in the house, and Ariana's surrounded by friends. Um, Sheena arrives in a white bucket hat, and I'm telling you guys right now, Sheena's white bucket hat needs to be preserved in a freaking museum. I literally, one of my dreams one day, if I live long enough, is I want to open up like an internet pop culture museum, and I want one of the rooms to be artifacts from like iconic reality TV shows. And I want to have a glass case with, like, one of those Sir dresses from the earlier seasons that they wore. Um, and then now Sheena's white bucket hat. Like, it needs to be preserved. It, I, 24-hour security in a glass case, like, no fingerprints. Iconic. Those are the moments where I feel like Sheena always has this, like, complex of, you know, seeing herself as the main character for better or for worse. Maybe I'm just, like, not super sympathetic to her this season because people tried to raise the alarm bells to her and she cut them down with the sword of her tongue. Like, telling Allie to cut the nice girl act when Allie was trying to, like, warn, uh, just rub me the wrong way. But anyways, um, yeah, the bucket hat needs to be preserved. But, like, Sheena, you can tell, is constantly, to me, trying to like set herself up as the main character and then she has these moments like in the white bucket hat where it's those moments when she's not trying that she's so lovable and like that's what's so endearing about her as a viewer like I loved her in this white bucket hat I know it was like a traumatic moment for all of them but it's just you again an Emmy winning team could not come up with this storyline I don't even think a costume designer could come up with a storyline where like they're all mourning a relationship that they knew for 10 years and like figuring out how to move forward and put the pieces together and like the best friend shows up in a white bucket hat it's just so iconic um ariana mentions that sandoval and raquel hooked up in raquel's car outside of the house or i don't know if it was outside the house but like 
hooked up in the car and were close enough that when Sandoval came home, <laughs> I'm yawning because I'm like filming this late and I just want to get it up for you guys, but Tom Sandoval had to show up to the house without a key because he forgot it and Ariana had to let him in. That is sick. That is like, you just know Sandoval was all giddy and like extra giggly that night in the house once he came back to Ariana knowing what he had just gotten away with. Uh, just like, ugh. Um, also, they speculate that Schwartz knew because Katie drops a bomb and she says, Schwartz said to her at BravoCon, which I believe was in October, but he said that in reference to Raquel, she's not there for me. Trust me. Sick. Again, sick. Disgusting. Schwartz could have came out on top and been the number one guy in the group if he literally FaceTimed Ariana the moment he found out and let her know and came up with a game plan to like get her get Sandoval out of the house and like get her on the right path but he dropped the ball again he girl bossed too close to the sun with Sandoval and they both got burned because they're oh they just ugh. um in true VPR fashion they break this serious scene for a moment of humor where they snap Sandoval's penis flute in half. The fact that he even has one is like, oh my god. But also, um, again, you wouldn't get a scene like that in Housewives, I don't think. You wouldn't get a scene like that in Succession. These are the things that only happen on Vanderpump Rules. It's just this, this show is like a gold mine and it's so slept on. Now, they go to James Kennedy's apartment for a brief moment. Um, Lala brings up that maybe Tom and Billy Lee had been together for a little bit. Um, and then James calls... <gasps> Why am I yawning? I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm like, I'm like a workhorse right now. But I have to record this for you guys. I have to, I have to get through. I, this is like my favorite thing. I could literally stay up all night talking about this. I don't care how tired I am. Um... James Kennedy calls Raquel on speaker, which I'm, again, this is where my, like, production, like, questions come in. So, in California, it's a two-party consent state. So, if you call someone and you're recording the conversation, you have to tell them, like, this call is being recorded. Um, and so, he had to have told Raquel that, like, cameras were there recording. But I also wonder if she just didn't know that the other people were in the room um, I don't know. That was interesting. I wonder how much Raquel knew before she started talking, but I was honestly surprised she answered the call. Okay, now we get to probably the most shocking scene of the entire night, which is Raquel's apartment. And she has the little galaxy light thing on, and Tom Sandoval is literally like, we need to dim the lights. Like, oh my god, I can't. Um, so... A few, a few things happened that were really interesting. Sandoval calls Raquel Ariana. He's, he was trying to tell, he, Sandoval was trying to basically explain a conversation he had with Schwartz where he was trying to say, Raquel's a great girl, like you should go for her. But he has a Freudian slip and he was like, Ariana's a great girl, like you should go for her. And she goes, you mean Raquel? <laughs> it was so awkward. I mean, they didn't really have any chemistry. But, um, and then he says to Raquel, they love you. And she goes, I love you too. And he goes, 
oh, I said they love you, like referring to her family. And then he goes, but I love you too, I guess. And the way that they were talking in that moment felt like when you have a crush on like the senior in high school and you're like a freshman or sophomore and they have to talk to you in passing for like an ASB survey or something, but like in your head, they're in love with you and like this is your chance to like ride off into the sunset and the entire conversation is just so awkward. That was the vibe I got. Um, the way that they were like forehead to forehead and giggling was so sadistic. At I thought it was so telling. At no point did Raquel ask how Ariana was. Um, at no point did Tom Sandoval bring it up or like try to like have empathy for what Ariana was going through. No, they were giddy. They were laughing. And then they have a quick clip with Raquel doing an interview and she's giddy the entire time. And she's laughing about where she got in a fight with Sheena and Sheena allegedly punched her. But the way that she was giggling about it, dare I say, it felt like that was proof that she had really, in my opinion, abused the judicial system by placing a TRO and then was like giggling about it because I'm sure there are women or people out there who genuinely need restraining orders and the last thing they're going to do is be like giggling about it in front of the judge because it's a serious situation. So, I don't know. I thought it was just proof that Raquel like thought it was funny. And then another thing that I thought was really interesting was Sandoval was practically sitting on Raquel's lap in this scene. Kind of like I said this on my TikTok, but it felt like when you're watching um like when you're at the mall and then Santa is like doing pictures at like a local mall and then like toddlers come and sit on their lap to take a photo it felt like Raquel was Santa and Tom Sandoval was like the toddler like sitting crisscross on her lap it was so funny to see um also Tom Sandoval had a lightning earring on telling and then just this scene in general like after I watched it and then like a few minutes later was processing it a couple things one Raquel either didn't understand the seriousness of the whole situation or she didn't just didn't care and I also this could have been part of Sandoval's manipulation tactic but I kind of felt like Sandoval was looking to Raquel more so for answers on what they should do next or like how they should interpret what had happened in a way that I thought it would be flipped. I thought Raquel would be like the scared dog with a tail between its legs, but it was opposite. It almost seemed like Raquel was in control or like pulling the strings in that moment. Again, I, I, I think I'm giving her too much credit, but if I was Raquel's PR team or like if I was just, you know, sold my soul to like try and get her out of this mess, what I would do is I would tell her, like, you need to literally, like, say that you were manipulated by Tom Sandoval, like, you were young and naive, and, like, that you regret it, you were at a, at, at a bad spot in your life after the ending of your engagement, and he took advantage of that, because, honestly, I do probably think that's more so what happened, but this scene just, like, abolished any chance she had at making a comeback, because she was so giggly about the entire thing. Um, so yeah, it was just the fact that neither of them brought up how Ariana was doing or like the aftermath of how Ariana was hurt by it was so sick. Now, there's two scenes in this episode where 
were at Lisa Vanderpump's house. One is Ariana coming over to briefly talk to LVP. I thought it was interesting that um, LVP invited Ariana up into her bedroom for a chat, whereas Tom Sandoval had to stay in the front room and, like, sitting miles apart on a couch from where Lisa Vanderpump was. I mean, the woman knows optics. Like, she's a Virgo. If you want to do PR, hire a Virgo or a Gemini. They're great. And I, I actually take that back because Raquel's a Virgo. But anyways, um, I just thought that it was very interesting that LVP had Tom Sandoval downstairs in distant. But I have a couple qualms now in terms of the Tom Sandoval and LVP scene. So, number one, you would think Tom Sandoval was auditioning to be the lead in, like, a Colleen Hoover live-action remake of a book. The way that he was, like, pounding on the window. Oh, give me a break. Come on. Where was that? Where was that remorse when he was talking to Ariana? Dare I say he could have saved the relationship if he showed that type of remorse to Ariana, but no. Um, And number two, now, I... I like LVP in a lot of ways, but I will say this because I've been watching the entire show from like season one. I've been binging it lately while playing the new Zelda game. Lisa Vanderpump is very, very forgiving of the men on the cast. Not only forgiving, but also gives them financial and business opportunities that the women are not often afforded, except this recent season with something about her. If I don't know if she's an investor in that, a secret investor, but she's obviously like helping guide them. But LVP, like the first few seasons of Vanderpump Rules, was so unforgiving to Kristen Dowdy. And like, was it felt like the entire show was on a crusade to take Kristen Dowdy down. But the mistakes that Kristen Dowdy was making were no different than the mistakes that the men on the cast were making. And yet, LVP is very forgiving of the men. And even in this scene where she was kind of distant to Sandoval, but the fact that she even had a conversation with him, I also felt like LVP was always very hard on Stassi um, around the mid area of the show, like season three to season five. And I could not imagine LVP giving the same grace to like Kristen Dowdy season three. And yet what Sandoval did was so much worse. So I don't know why LVP is just like such a sucker for the Toms or just like, I don't know. I think it just feels, and this is my opinion, and it's open to change. Opinions are open to change. But this is how I feel in this moment is that it feels a little bit like internalized misogyny. That she is so willing to forgive the men and all of their wrongdoings and never the women on the cast. So, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Um, okay. Now, Schwartz drops the dogs at Katie's in one moment. And he says he's going into the fridge for a Coke. And then he comes out with like a Coors Light, I think. <laughs> Again, there's so much alcohol consumption on this show. It's kind of concerning. And like, I hope that the cast doesn't deal with alcoholism and that's not, and if they are, I feel bad if it's being, like, exploited on TV. Um, I think Lala is a great example that you don't necessarily need to have alcoholics on the show to, like, make it good. Um, or not just alcoholics, but, like, 
you can have sober people on a reality TV and they can still be engaging and entertaining. So, I don't know. But, um, I also, like, I don't think this is a real thing. This is me starting a rumor. But the way that this Tom and Tom and Raquel were, like, salivating at the mouth for Coors Light this year. There was so much mention of Coors Light that I almost wonder if it's, like, I don't think it is. But allegedly when um jersey shore was really big abercrombie stopped or abercrombie paid the situation and the cast of jersey shore money to like not wear abercrombie and hollister on the show anymore because it was devaluing the brand (laughs) i don't know if you guys remember the situation he was obsessed with like a yellow pair of sweatpants um that i think said abercrombie down the side especially the season when they were in italy i believe i watched that in like middle school so i could be wrong um but i almost wonder or like gucci i think it was or no i think it was louis vuitton they gifted snooki a bunch of like gucci so that she would wear gucci on the show and then it would devalue their competitor (laughs) i don't know if that's true but i read an article about that so i almost wonder if bud light was like conniving and like paid like secretly paid tom and tom and raquel like extra money to drink Coors Light this season to, like, devalue the brand, but that's just me, like, coming up with a conspiracy that doesn't exist, but I think it's funny to, like, you know, play on that kind of idea, because they were obsessed with that beer this season. I don't know what it was. Um, okay, now Schwartz says that he doesn't know how long he has known. Again, Schwartz leaning into this, like, I'm, like, so unaware and a doofus. No, I would argue Schwartz is one of the most conniving, malicious, and intelligent in all the wrong ways person on this entire show he was the type of guy that would hang out with Jackson Sandoval so that he could get away with cheating on Katie and doing awful things like telling Katie that the sound of her voice annoys him I hate that but like but he was the type of guy who purposely surrounded himself with people like Jackson Sandoval so that he could do something awful but then be like yeah I made out with a girl last night and cheated on you but like at least I didn't hook up with a girl in Miami like Sandoval did like he did something even worse but I don't know I just think that that's even scarier than someone who's like upfront about how awful they are like Jax um so that was just something to note and then Another thing, side note on when now that we're talking about the men, um, Time Magazine published an article saying that James Kennedy is the number one guy in the group. And you just know that Tom Sandoval is like punching a hole in the wall when he saw that. I just had to throw that in there. Now, another full circle moment is Kristen Dowdy visits Ariana. I loved this. This was so wholesome to see. And Kristen Dowdy looks beautiful. She looked just like, I don't know, I, I feel like she probably felt vindicated in some ways. Um, there's one moment where Ariana says that, I'm using quotes, Tom's camp told her, like, you know, whatever story Tom was spinning, and I just thought it was funny that Tom is, like, pretending to have a camp, which basically in, like, entertainment lingo, I'm sure you can dedice, but camp means, like, someone's publicist or, like, lawyer, like, manager reached out. Like, you just refer to it as a camp if it's coming from, like, a couple emails that represent one person. But, like, I I could... uh, The way that Tom Sandoval fumbled through this entire year so far, and we're only in May, makes me think that he doesn't have a publicist or a team behind him. There's no way he has a sounding board that's, like, 
smart and professional and like removed enough to be advising him. I think he's putting all of his money into his band, so I can't imagine him having a publicist. But when they said Tom's camp, it's funny because I just imagine it's like Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz like on a burner email pretending to be like Tom Sandoval's assistant, even though he doesn't have a team behind him. But um, anyways, Kristen thanked Ariana for doing her the favor of taking Sandoval away. That was a really great scene. I, You just know Sandoval is like punching a wall right now seeing his ex that he tried to scorch into the ground coming out on top um the witches of weho work their magic i love how the women in this show are into like tarot and stuff like me and astrology and this scene was no less Kristen stomping out the paper with like an old adidas slide was so iconic again if there's a museum with vanderpump rules artifacts in it Kristen dowdy slides from season 10 finale need to be in there in a protected case um and now we're getting towards the end but there's a moment where they're at a rooftop bar lala in her send it to daryl merch is iconic ariana arrives looking amazing and again this is something i mentioned in my tiktok but i thought it was so symbolic that all of the women are in black and as they say it feels like they're mourning the death of sandoval and then Ariana shows up in this like gold bedazzled dress and this is just me overanalyzing again but it kind of felt symbolic of like a phoenix rising from the ashes and all of the women around her in black are mourning what just happened and yet they're looking to Ariana for leading them into the new chapter which I thought was really empowering. It felt like women empowerment. And I honestly felt like in that moment, you would think that Ariana would be in all black and looking to the other women for guidance. But she really showed up. She was sitting at the head of the table. She was looking beautiful in all gold, like again, a phoenix rising from the ashes. And the women were all looking to her. And I thought it was just, again, something that you could not write. Like this is just those things that happen that make reality tv like reality is stranger than fiction um ariana breaks off her friendship with schwartz and when schwartz said he told me he was handling it and ariana goes i'm not in it wow that was powerful again i can only imagine how many women how many women are walking away from toxic and awful abusive relationships after seeing something like this with Ariana and seeing that they can be okay you know and I don't mean to like undermine abusive or awful relationships and like relate it to a 30 minute scene in a reality show because it's so much more and complex and nuanced than that but there are moments where you find solace and power solace sorry solace and power and you see yourself sometimes in the media that you consume and I truly believe that and I think Ariana is representing something really powerful right now and I think Katie is as well um and I think Lala is too with her divorce but you know it's something that we obviously can't hear about because there's a court battle and stuff going on but um I'm coming to the end of this another thing was when Schwartz was talking to Ariana he never really like seemed super worried about what Ariana was going through at one point he does apologize but then he starts fumbling about his business and he seems more worried about that than what Ariana Ariana's mourning basically a nine-year relationship in person and 
Um, he doesn't really seem like that was his motive or something he was caring about. <coughs> Sorry again. Oh my god, this finale was so crazy. It made me sick. Hang on. <coughs> and then the last scene is Tom and Sheena, which I think they had this scene as a nod to the two final cast members left besides like Katie, but Tom and Sheena were really like Sheena the the beginning of the show revolved around Sheena. And I think that it was like a closing of Sandoval's chapter on Vanderpump Rules with having this scene where they kind of say goodbye to each other. And I just thought it was, I thought there was, you know, a strategy behind them not ending the finale with Tom and Ariana talking, but Tom and Sheena talking. So I think it was a way for them to tie up Sandoval's time on this show in a messy bow. Sorry, guys. <coughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We're back. Hello. Now, I want to get into the cast zodiac signs real quick because I made a TikTok on this and you guys really loved it. But, okay. Diving in because this is just like something that's fascinating to me. And if you're not into zodiac signs, you can click off now. But here we go. So, the majority of the cast, at least in the beginning, was Cancers, which I think is really interesting. To me, Cancers are the sign that, like, they want to get the last laugh in their relationships, but that could be dynamite when two Cancers are together, because then they're both trying to get the last laugh on each other. So, Jax and Stassi were Cancers, and then Sandoval and Ariana were Cancers. So four main characters on the show are Cancers, and it's why I think there's so many birthdays every season, because they're all literally, like, over summer. And then the Virgos of the show are Lisa Vanderpump, Lala, and Raquel. So LVP and Lala make sense to me. Virgos, especially Virgo women, are very, very business-oriented. They're very detail-oriented. They have great pattern recognition. I think it's how Lala was able to sniff out what was happening early on because she's just like, you know, she's also another thing to note on the show. Like she's one of the only ones who's literally sober and like not blackout drunk every time they're filming. I mean, I don't know. I think now that the cast has gotten older, they're maybe not blackout drunk every time they film, but there's clearly so much alcohol consumption happening on this show. Again, it's like in some ways I feel guilty watching it because I'm like, am I like am I a small piece of the puzzle that's, like, contributing to this unhealthy lifestyle for some of the cast where they're clearly, like, drinking a lot? Or would they be drinking even if the cameras weren't there? I don't know. But anyways, um, so you have LVP and Lala who are Virgos. And then Raquel is a Virgo, but Raquel is interesting to me. Someone said she's, like, a Scorpio rising or something, or she has a Scorpio placement in there which Scorpio is the sign of secrets and that's not always a bad thing like I enjoy Scorpios a lot but it could if there are Scorpio placements for Raquel to me it makes sense because she feels like a water sign to me because water signs are hard to grasp they're like they're not someone that you can put in a box like once you think you understand a water sign they morph in a new way and they're literally like water. Like you can't put your hand in a bucket and like grab water and hold on to it. It's going to fall out of your hand. And that's how I felt like Raquel has always been. Like the moment that you think you understand her and her identity, it like slips away, you know? So yeah, Raquel being a Virgo to me is like very, 
I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. But um, okay, now moving on. The Aquariuses, I'm an Aquarius myself, so I love a great Aquarius. James Kennedy is an Aquarius, which totally makes sense to me. I feel like Aquariuses are the sign, again, they're known in the Zodiac Wheel as like the, um, they are the oracle, they're the fortune tellers, they see like the future in some ways, and usually they get hated on for saying what they see happening, but usually they're spot on. I think that happens with James Kennedy. Also, Aquariuses are usually the sign that's like a little bit removed from the friend group, and yet they're still somehow the glue that keeps everyone together. We see that with Kristen Dowdy, who I don't know if she's an Aquarius or Pisces. When I looked online on Famous Birthdays, it said Aquarius also boost me on Famous Birthdays. Go search my name, Kokomoko and give me a boost. I used to work there, so shout out Famous Birthdays, but um, yeah, I feel like Kristen Dowdy could be a Pisces, but also Aquarius kind of makes sense, because she's not even on the show anymore. She's been gone for a couple of seasons, and yet the entire Scandaval still ties back to her in some ways, like Aquariuses are the glue, and then, oh yeah, Charlie is also an Aquarius, which she makes sense to me, because she kind of disappears every few episodes and then she reappears just to be like this friend group is wild and makes no sense and then like disappears again something that like is very Aquarius they're kind of removed from the group so they see the blind spots now the Capricorns I think Allie is a Capricorn her birthday is in January and I don't know but someone said in an interview somewhere that Allie said she was a Capricorn so I'm running with it but Katie and Allie are Capricorns. So to me, Capricorns are, I don't know if quiet is the right word because on my TikTok people were saying like Capricorns like are talkative. I don't know. But like the way that I see Capricorns is they're very quiet, very observant, and they're not going to like talk unless they have something important to say so people do listen when they speak up my dad's a Capricorn he's very quiet but when he talks it's because he has something important to say so it means more than like me who's really talkative and like I say I'm quantity over quality so you can tune me out and you'll get a few good good bits and pieces here and there um and yeah I think Katie and Allie like Allie called it she saw them at the Abbey again Capricorns are very observant they're kind of like hiding in the shadows and they're just watching everyone and like and you know taking mental notes of things so of course Allie saw them at the Abbey and yeah I feel like Katie is someone who I I feel like Capricorns aren't always the best at expressing themselves I think because they're so analytical and that's probably why Katie sometimes struggles in confrontation and like explaining her side of things because a Capricorns, I think that they're just like so analytical that sometimes the linguistics part of their brain like is trying to keep up with like the rest of their brain. So yeah, but I love Capricorns. Um, Libra. Schwartz apparently has six Libra placements. Now Libras are awesome, but Schwartz is an example of like a problematic Libra. They're very like Switzerland, but I'm a firm believer in a friend to all is a friend to none. Absolutely. I respect someone more if they're like best friends with my enemy 
and like stand by that versus if someone is like kind of my friend and also kind of my enemy's friend. I'm like, pick a side. Even if it's not my side, pick a side and I'll respect you more. Sitting on a fence is never comfortable. You know what I mean? So Schwartz is so scary to me in that way. He kind of makes me think of the type of guy where like, I'm sure if you've ever been in college or anything like this has happened to you, it's happened to me. This happened to one of my friend groups and like we've since moved on, but it really hurt me for years. Like I would cry about it a lot, but there was a guy in our friend group who assaulted me and I, it took me like three months, but I finally opened up to my friends about it. Like slowly one by one, I would start saying like telling them what happened that night. It was when we were all in an Airbnb. So everyone else had gone to bed pretty much and I was still up and I was locking things up and he like choked me out in the kitchen. No like warning. I didn't know who was choking me until he stopped and I almost passed out and I looked behind me and it was him and then he just walked away and went into the bedroom and up until that point I always he scared me and I think that I was like, I clocked immediately that there was something about him that freaked me out. And I would try to like sly, slyly warn other people about him that I felt like they needed to be careful and he was dangerous. And I, in hindsight, I honestly think him choking me out was like his way of telling me to be quiet and stop telling, like stop warning the others. And it kind of worked for a little bit because now I'm like going on a tangent. I'm going to bring it back to Schwartz, but when I would tell my friends about what happened, they would say, well, he's really nice when he's sober, like, but he's so sweet to me. Or like, I know he's crazy when he's drunk, but like, I've talked to him when he's sober and like, he's just like, you know, he's just going through it. And I'm like, I was just strangled, like, feet dangling in a kitchen in a random Airbnb. Like, I'm going through it, too. Girl, like, you you guys should be, like, holding my hand in the police department while I file a police report. Not, like, telling me how sweet he is. So, I don't know. I think I get triggered the most by Schwartz because the way that he would, like, talk to Katie and stuff and the way that he's talking to Ariana in regards to Sandoval, it just reminds me of one of those friends who you could, like, open up to a boyfriend or, like, someone and be like, hey, like, I know you're friends with XYZ, but, like, they did something really awful to me. And they would be like, oh, but, like, he's so nice to me. Like, he would never do that to me. Like, he's so nice when he's sober. Like, I don't know. I think I'm going to keep inviting him to parties and like bringing him around you because he's just like really nice to me. And that's just the vibe I get from shorts. So sometimes those people are just as bad as the actual person, like putting everyone else in danger or like hurting everyone around them. So that was me going on a tangent. Obviously, you can see I'm triggered by shorts. And then, okay, now, Sheena is a Taurus. My little sister is a Taurus. I love Taurus. Happy birthday to Tauruses. It's Taurus season. But, like, (laughs) Tauruses definitely kind of live in their own world. And they don't really, like, and I wish I was this unbothered. 
they don't really like care about something unless it applies to them, which is such a great way to live. But I think that explains Sheena in so many ways for better or for worse. Like, number one, Sheena lives in Marina Del Rey, like just vibing, and the entire cast lives in like North Hollywood. I just love that she like the entire time she's been on the show, like she loves Marina Del Rey and she's sticking by it. Again, she's just in her own world. Like, I love that. Um, also, Sheena is very, like, I think the reason that she every season has a new best friend is because it's hard for her to relate to a storyline unless it's like, well, that is my best friend. And then she feels like she's kind of inserted into it or like the main character in it because it's happening to her best friends. So I don't know. I just think that she, and I think it's also why she was really bad at like catching on to the fact that there was an affair happening because she was just so wrapped up in the fact that she was finally a part of this like quote-unquote cool friend group and since I've been watching the earlier seasons back a huge part of like Sheena's storyline has been that she never really fit into the rest of the Vanderpump Rules cast especially when it was like Stassi, Kristen, Katie, Christina Kelly. Sheena was always ostracized and so I think this was the first time where she really felt empowered to be like I am a part of the cool group like I finally made it and then it just kind of like fell apart in front of her so yeah she's just like very much a Taurus though and then I want to like honorable mention to Gemini's Andy Cohen is a Gemini and so is Peter and I I will die on this hill Gemini's there's not a ton of Gemini reality stars besides like maybe Scott Disick because Gemini's are too smart to go on reality tv the only context in which you'll see a Gemini on reality TV is if they're like the host or a judge. So like Heidi Klum is a Gemini and she was the host of Project Runway for years. That's just such a Gemini thing to do. Andy Cohen makes a great Gemini. I think that they make really great like Geminis are the sign of communication and they understand social dynamics in a way that like no one else can. They're they're brilliant when it comes to social dynamics. And I think we see this with Andy and why he thrives at like reunions because people so Gemini it's the twin sign and some people say it in a negative way like oh they're two-faced. I actually think it could be a good way. Like Geminis can wear two hats at one time. On one end they can be like the voice of the audience that wants to persecute someone, wants to ask the tough questions, like get to the bottom of things, hold someone accountable, while also at the same exact time wearing the hat or face of like the person who's on the hot seat and like is stressed out and is clearly answering for things that they've done. And he gets those people to open up because he's never really coming from like a judgmental place. And that's just like the Gemini in him is he's able to be two things at once and it translates really well into settings like that. Also, Peter is a Gemini. Again, he was always like the manager and he was never really like fully in the show, which is such a Gemini thing. Like Geminis are smarter than to go on reality TV and like let someone else write their story. No, Geminis are going to be the producers, the host or the judge. So, yeah, I think that Gemini is really interesting. 
another a couple other honorable mentions this cast has no leos which is crazy to me because when i initially looked up the cast zodiac sign a couple years ago i was convinced like they were all leos just because of their personalities but no they're not leos there's no leos on the cast there might be like leo suns and moon or sorry rising and moons i don't know their triples but the fact that there's no leo suns is wild to me there's no aries and there's no scorpios so i just think it's so fascinating there's like so much water and earth energy on this cast but you know apparently having a lot of cancers on his shows makes it really fascinating because again this is like one of the best shows ever in all of reality tv so with that being said i am done rambling it's almost been an hour but this was so fun to talk about and i could do another episode for the reunions if you guys want that but i'm going to be posting about it on my tiktok and stuff it's been really fun to talk about and thank you guys if you made it this far like you might as well give me a rating i love you if you do even if it's one star i'll take it ratings in the podcast world are your currency like that is how you get on the charts that's how you get sponsors things like that and anytime you guys rate me like i really enjoy reading them and you guys like i i love seeing that support it means so much so i'm done talking i need to drink some water i need to take out my contacts and i'm waking up at the crack of dawn because i'm going to be on the grace reports youtube channel and we're going to be doing a vpr recap on her channel too which i'm really excited about so anyways yeah thank you guys so much for listening and take care of yourself after that episode because it was really triggering especially if you've ever been in a really bad relationship so sending everyone love and thank you for listening i love you bye